Welcome to the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. I am your host, Arthur Yan, co-founder and CEO of Nest Protection Plan. We partner with restorers, contractors, real estate professionals, and other entrepreneurs to increase their revenue, grow their business valuation, and help them build a platform of services for homeowners across the country. We think every American family and property owner deserves peace of mind for their health, indoor living, and longevity, all for less than a dollar a day. Also, I love forming relationships. Add me on Facebook or LinkedIn today and let's connect. Oh, and stick around to the end of this episode. We'll reveal how you or someone you know can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Here we go. What is going on, everybody? How are you doing this week? Hope everybody's having a great day and uh, hope you're out there grinding. We're excited to have you on this episode. It's episode 50 of the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. I'm your host, Arthur Yan. This is uh, this is a special episode. Not only is it a milestone where we are at, we are at uh, number 50, but we're also interviewing a guest for the first time who is also a Nest Protection Plan partner. Um, and so I'm going to go ahead and we're going to jump in and introduce him. He is uh, he is the founder of Celtic Mold Assessments in eastern New York, the Hudson Valley. He also, as I mentioned, is a Nest Protection Plan partner. He is John Slater. John, how are you doing, my friend? Doing good this morning, Arthur. How are you today? I'm doing great, man, and I appreciate you being on the show. Uh, it's exciting. We obviously, you and I have talked about this for a little while, about you being on. Um, so we're going to have a lot of really neat discussions. We're going to jump into mold, um, you know, indoor air quality, all that fun stuff. But let's get started. I want the, the uh, audience, I want to introduce you, get them to know your background a little bit. So tell us um, what Celtic Mold Assessments does and how you got into this. Um, yes. Yeah, so what we do is uh, we provide... Um, you know, primarily mold inspections and mold assessments for customers uh, in accordance with the uh, New York State uh, Department of Labor Article 32 regulations, um, you know, here in New York, uh, before a mold remediation company can go in to um, do a remediation job, first an inspector needs to get eyes on it and, um, you know, determine the total scope of work to the best of our ability. Of course, we're not getting invasive, so, you know, we're not going to catch that hidden uh mold but um in the uh and the assessor then has to draw up the report with the protocols um you know that the remediation company then takes with them to then go and do the project uh, and of course uh, as they start opening up materials and you know if there's anything hidden going into other directions then they just have to have that conversation um with me to make me aware of it so that I know what to look for on the back end when I go back to certify that their work was done correctly. Uh, and also they have to communicate that to the customer because that of course could change the uh, the final invoice um, of the project. Uh, we also um, just recently got our license to do asbestos inspections um, so that we can take you know bulk samples, send them to the lab to confirm um, whether or not, uh, you know, potential asbestos containing materials do or don't contain asbestos because again new york state has um laws surrounding that where if a professional company is going to be doing any sort of uh, material removal they first need to have um materials that are known to have asbestos in them you know tested first uh for consumer protection matters 
And uh, then lastly, as you noticed, uh, I recently signed on with the Nest Protection Plan to start providing um, these, you know, service plans to, you know, the, the market here in the Hudson Valley, you know, in New York. Um, it, it's something that I definitely feel uh, should be here. And I was shocked <laughs> to see that no one else around was already doing something like this in my area. It just blew my mind that, you know, I, I mean, I checked a hundred mile radius from my hometown and nobody's doing this. And it just, you know, I mean, it just blew my mind. It, it just shocked me that there was yeah. no one else doing this. So, you know, so I'm going to be first to market, first boots on the ground. It's going to take off. And, you know, I'm really excited. Um, you know, the reason why I decided to become an inspector, um, I mean, there, there's layers to it. But, you know, the primary reason is uh, from my time working for a mobile mediation company, I wouldn't be able to tell you how many just really poorly written reports, you know, we would receive from, you know, various other inspectors uh, in the area. Um, and I think that a lot of that really boiled down to just lack of experience on the remediation side. You know, as the inspectors, it's our responsibility to ensure that the prod that the whole project is being looked at and is being done correctly. Um, but if you've never worked a mold remediation job, then how can you possibly know how to do, you know, mold inspections, you know, to hold the contractor accountable for their work if they, you know, if they mess something up or even congratulate them, you know, when they do a dynamite job, you, you know, and um, so that was really for me, that was like the big thing that I was like, you know, just we, we need people who are going to do more thorough inspections and have, you know, better written reports that are easier to read for the comp for the contractors doing the work. Because, uh, you know, nobody likes having to go through 17 pages to find the information that they're looking for <laughs> because it's all scattered. Uh, and then to top it all off, you, you're looking through all of it and then it's, you know, there some places might be missing, you know, language might not be very led. Um, legible like so just i was like you know that something's got to change you know mm -hmm. uh, these contractors need inspectors that they can rely on and there are several very good inspectors around here but there's so much mold work happening all the time that you know one or two companies can't possibly keep up with the demand so yeah. and uh you know and i and i network with those other really good inspectors and we bounce work off of each other as as uh as needed you know sometimes my schedule's just booked up and someone needs something done right away so i'll refer out one of one of my colleagues or yeah. vice versa they they refer out to me if there's something that's more up in my area and they just don't feel like making the drive <laughs> or maybe their schedule is a little bit too tight you know they'll they'll send me that work too and we just uh you know, we just bounce things off each other. Um, if we ever run into situations that are a little bit tricky, you know, we just give each other a call and talk through it with each other. And, um, you know, we're really trying to change the stigma that's, you know, been around the mold industry. So, and uh, well, that was my big why. Yeah. Well, and, it, you know, isn't it interesting how some people, a lot people view things differently. Some people look at uh, people being competitive. Um, you know, if, if someone else in an industry, and of course, we're just going to focus on the, on the restoration and the remediation industry, but, um, it, it's not when someone is trying to impact in a big way or to, you know, you're not necessarily trying to call out, uh, other inspectors and say, well, they're not doing a great job per se. I mean, yes, of course, some aren't, but in general, 
you're trying to, you know, we're trying to lift the industry up together. We're trying to make people um, as a whole that are in doing the kind of work that we're doing, you know, when something, an improvement is made, when a, you know, revolution kind of a technique, whatever, we're doing it because we want everybody to come up to the, to better standards. And so we see resistance sometimes with someone like you, who is like, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm in this to make improvements. I'm in this to do, you know, make enhancements to the process. Why aren't we writing the reports better? And so good thing is there's a lot of open minds, you know, yes, we, we've seen some, some pretty stubborn minded people. And it reminds me too, sometimes you talk to somebody and they say, I have 30 years of experience uh, in something. And it was a, a book I'd read recently where he was like, well, did you, do you have 30 years experience where you actually grew or do you just have 30 years where you did the same thing every day for just 30 years? <laughs> kind of yeah. like, you know, a doctor, if a doctor has been a, a doctor for 30 plus years, they're probably not going to be as good as someone that just got out of medical school. The, the one that just got out of medical school is learning the newest techniques. <laughs> so. Yeah, I can say too that, um, you know, uh, I mean, even with the inspectors who um, don't necessarily have the best written reports or aren't necessarily uh, doing the most thorough and detailed inspections right now, uh, for a lot of them, their heart is in the right place and they want to learn, you know, they want to progress. And, um, you know, maybe they just didn't know what they didn't know, you know, when they made the decision to go into business for themselves and start doing mold inspections. Um, but the key thing is, though, is that they they recognize, you know, for a lot of them, they recognize their shortcomings and they reach out to people like me or you or, you know, any of the number of other really good um, people in this industry and, and they'll, they'll reach out for help and they're going to get better, you know, uh, over time. Um, but I can say uh, that uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head there is that some of the ones who some of the, the more so with the remediation contractors, uh, some of the ones that I tend to have the hardest time working with are the ones who have been in business since before the laws existed in this state. You know, they've been in business for 20, 30 years, but they've been they've been doing things the same way for 20, 30 years. And, you know, for I don't know why, but for some weird reason, they just can't seem to come to grips with the fact that those practices are the reason why the laws exist to begin with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's not to say that they're doing a bad job per se. It's just to say that, you know, as the times change, you need to change with them, Yeah. And, you know, adapt or die, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and um, so those tend to be the ones that I have the hardest time working with, um, except in situations where, you know, there is a, you know, a, a younger project manager or a younger general manager who, um, you know, they, ownership recognized that nothing is a dot as adapted so they went out and they found you know that you know that 28 or 29 year old you know guy to come and run their business for them he's been in the industry for maybe a year or two he has a good understanding of what the laws are like and what the expectations are from you know uh the remediation side and they, you know they essentially hand him the keys to the kingdom and say hey man write the ship and let's get us back on track mm -hmm. um you know, and others just, you know, they're selling their businesses or retiring, you know, it, it's, it's a slow progression, but, um, but I am noticing more and more, um, that as more and more remediation contractors coming into the area, you, you know, the, the quality of the work and the expectations for the quality of the work are, are rising. And so us as inspectors, we need to follow suit, you know, if, if they're, you know, quality of work is, is, you know, 
scaling upwards, then the quality of our inspections need to scale upwards. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we need to go above and beyond. I mean, in the state of New York, it's my understanding that uh, on for home inspectors, which, you know, we're not necessarily general home inspectors, we're more specialists, but on home inspection service side, if an attic doesn't have flooring, like plywood flooring, we're not even required to go in there. You know, we can, we can choose not to go in there. And it's like, well, how are you doing a thorough and detailed inspection if you're not willing to straddle some, you know, some joints, you know, like just, <laughs> just, just, just man up and crawl through the darn attic, man. <laughs> you we know? see it all. We see it all, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just get in there and, and, you know, make sure that it's all good up there, man. Just, just do it. Like, yeah. you know, it might take you an hour to get from one end to the other and then back out. <laughs> but if that's the case, then that's the case, man. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, and what are you what are you hoping to see uh, in the industry and in general with obviously with your own growth, with your own goals? But what are you kind of hoping to see um, as far as, you know, changes for the better in the in the industry in the next five to 10 years? Um, so first, I would like to see um, I would like to see mold inspections required on real estate transactions. Um, or, you know, uh, or, you know, people can just choose to waive the inspections, but similar to a home inspection, you, know, you go to buy a house, the, the mortgage lender is not giving you the funds if you're waiving inspections, just period. They're, they're just not, they, they want to know what's wrong with the house. You know, the insurance carriers want to know what's wrong with the house. Um, so I, I think that a part of that process should also include a mold inspection, um, you know, now, granted, a lot of home inspectors, what they'll do is they'll flag mold or moisture, and then they'll educate you know uh, whoever is enlisting them serv their services. Usually, it's the buyer that that's enlisting their services. They'll flag it in their report, and they'll recommend getting a mold assessor in there to you know uh, do further analysis um, or further inspection. Uh, but I think that it should just be required. Um, I also think, too, that I would like to see New York State um, raise the bar on the minimum qualifications to become a mold assessor or become a mold inspector. Um, because as great as a lot of these courses are, yeah, it, it doesn't necessarily qualify you for the work after you, you get your license. Um, and uh, I would really like to see them raise the bar on the minimum qualifications in order to even be allowed to take the class and become an inspector so yeah. whatever those minimum qualifications become just just something beyond what it is now <laughs> yeah well and it i mean as we've been seeing and we can tell just not even not just through publications not just through um groups uh there's just a lot of awareness that's growing as far as the health hazards you and i uh shared a blog that uh, that a it was a real estate agent, I believe, or a broker that had written the blog. Um, and it was very, very comprehensive, especially coming from someone that didn't even have a vested interest in the industry. They were just simply, you know, sharing all of the information that is kind of, you know, not addressed or has been minimally addressed over the years. But, the you know, the dangers behind mold. And of course, we all know what it can do to structures but as far as what it does for health, what it does for mental health, for, you know, a lot of issues that and it just becomes more and more in the spotlight. So um, it's good to see that. And what are you are you um, I know you have connections with some people in the medical field. Do you see any kind of um, correlation growing in that area? Um, yes, yeah, slowly in my uh, immediate market. Um 
there are more and more physicians and um, even uh, allergists that are becoming a little bit more aware of, you know, the dangers of, of mold in, in, you know, someone's living space or even their working space, um, you know, the mold toxicity and mold sicknesses. Um, you know, I've actually, I've heard from a few now, don't take this as medical advice. I'm not a <laughs> medical professional. Disclaimer, disclaimer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I have heard too, that there have been, um, historically a lot of misdiagnosis between Lyme disease and mold sickness because they tend to share similar symptoms. Um, you know, and, uh, so there have been people who have been for decades suffering with mold sicknesses but being treated for Lyme thinking that, you know, came up as Lyme and, or that the symptoms are in line with Lyme disease. And when really it was, it was a mold sickness that they were dealing with. And that's why it took so long for them to finally, you know, feel better and, and be better and back on their feet. And, um, you know, that seems to, you know, the awareness in, you know, the, the medical side seems to be progressing as well, where, you know, doctors are at least starting to try to rule it out. Um, you know, not across the board, of course, but, you know, more and more are starting to um, to see that. And I've actually even done a couple of inspections, um, you know, this past year where um, a healthcare professional suggested to, you know, their their customer, to their patient that they hire a, uh, a mold inspector to come in and inspect their home for mold and run some some uh, testing because uh, they found, you know, different types of molds in, in their lab reports, you know, in their blood results. Uh, and uh, so they they want to see if it's coming from the living environment. They want to they want to see if it if it matches what they're seeing in their blood work, and um and then they're using the, you know, not necessarily using the um the mold inspection report, but they're using the laboratory analysis report from the mold testing to assist them with issuing the, their care on on their patient, and um you know and that's really great to see that that's happening because uh, for. I mean, for how long, you know, everybody just always discounted mold. Like there's, it, it, oh, it's just mold. Like it's just there, you know, just throw some bleach on it and everything will be okay. You know, and you know, you'll be fine. You, you can live in it for 50 years and nothing will bother, you know, nothing will happen. Um, but, you know, they're, they're keeping up with that. You know, they're doing the research. It's getting put out there, you know, studious uh, physicians are keeping up on the research and and the studies and then they're implementing it into their practices and and I love that yeah yeah and it's it's a fantastic thing and it's something that uh, has been needed for for quite some time it's kind of almost hard to understand and grasp why there has been such a delay you know we've we've taken on so many other issues challenges and issues in in the medical field and in you know all these innovations with health and of course, you look, you know, I always like to bring up how we've looked at asbestos and the correlation of that with lung illnesses. We've looked at lead-based pain issues and mold and health has seemed to, for some reason, be lagging. But now we're finally seeing that catch up. Um, well, I want to jump over and talk a little bit about mindset, talk about philosophy. You and I obviously have have talked a lot about it, but you're a big uh, you're big on improving yourself, you know, strengthening yourself in the way that you approach, you know, how you're going to be, you're hundred percent committed. You set high goals. Um, talk a little bit, bit about some things that you try to implement on a daily basis as you, you know, grow your business, which is in the home service industry. And as you approach, 
you know, that mindset of, I know where I'm going, but the next two, three, five years and beyond. Yes. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I'm a, uh, I'm a big fan of setting, uh, what most would call unattainable targets. And, uh, I'm not a fan of managing my expectations that I, I don't believe in that. Um, and to manage your expectations, quote unquote, you're really just holding yourself back. You, you know, you have to set those high targets that other people are going to tell you are completely unreasonable. They're completely unattainable. You got to take a step back. You got to really like just insert negative comment here, you know, and um, you really do. Because for me, I find that it actually helps me focus. You know, my target is is X and I need to get there. And that's going to be very difficult. I know that's going to be very difficult. That's if you ever set a target that you feel is too easy to accomplish, then you need to aim higher. You know, it needs it needs to scare you, you know, and um, that helps me focus is I'm doing my darn best. I know we have to stay family friendly on this podcast. <laughs> I'm doing my darn best to reach that unattainable goal. And then when it's. And a lot of times I do actually, I found that there have been some times where it's like, crap, that was actually a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so, so from there, it's like, uh, all right, well, this was already considered to be unattainable. Well, I attained it. I guess I need to step it up. Yeah. I, I need, I need to set another one. This one's going to be 10 times higher. You know, uh, I, I like to operate with the 10 X rule, you know, Grant Cardone, I'm a big fan of his mentality and how, um, and how he, uh, you know, he approaches, you know, his targets and, um, and to help me keep that focus though, uh, I meditate daily. Um, yeah, I find that it helps, uh, relieve some of the, the stress, um, that comes with particularly when you don't hit those targets or when you're just hitting a wall and it's like, man, I've got like, I've got like three weeks left to hit this and I'm just, I'm only halfway there. Like, what am I going to do? You know? And, um, you know, I'm sacrificing time with my wife. I'm sacrificing time with my family. I'm I'm missing this thing. I'm missing that thing. I'm, you know, I can't make it to this football game. I can't make it to that baseball game. And, you know, it's just, you know, what am I doing wrong here? Um, and, and why am I putting my family through all of this? And I'm not, and I'm not even there yet, you know? And so I find that, uh, sometimes you just got to take a little bit of a step back, take a breather, meditate on it for a minute, you know, focus and hone in on that and uh then get back to it you know just you know don't let it keep you down you know uh in anything in life you know it's all a numbers game you, you know you, you, no one's gonna have a hundred percent success rate a hundred percent of the time you and know, you might only hit 50 percent today you might hit 80 percent tomorrow you know you might only hit 10 percent next month but um you, you just you can't let those failures you know hold you back you just gotta keep keep moving yeah well and that's something that Hopefully a lot of people uh, that, you know, not only listening, but just in the industry that own businesses. I mean, some people, they have, for whatever reason, we all have our own goals, but for some reason, some people choose to say, okay, I'm going to be a small operation, a small business. I don't want to grow much beyond that. And that's obviously up to them. Um, other people that are aiming a lot higher, or maybe they just, uh, you know, everybody, has some kind of desire to, to, to have an impact. At least they should, especially if they're a business owner. But um, I think that's a big part of it. Everything you just described 
is it plays a significant role in being able to go through those issues because we're all going to deal with that. You're going to have a day where you get knocked back. You know, how are you going to respond to it? You're going to keep going. Or are you going to go back? You could go back harder the next day. Or are you going to let it let you fall flat for a little while? And I love how you laid all of that out, John. Um, tell everybody how, you know, tell everybody your website, you know, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, you're a great resource to, to talk about, you know, the mold and inspection processes, you know, there's, there's a lot of people listening, whether it's a, a state, uh, regulated issue or not. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just tell, tell us how, how people can get in touch with you. Uh, yes. So you can, um, view my website, which, uh, you know, there are going to be some updates coming, um, soon now that I'm also, um, you know, providing next protection plans. Um, but you can visit my website at www.celticiaq.com. That's spelled C E L T I C I A Q.com. Uh, you can reach me via email, uh, jslater at celticiaq.com, uh, or, you know, you're even welcome to give me a call or a text. Um, yeah. And, uh, my number is on the, the website, but, uh, yeah, 845-853-4840. Um, you know, I love networking with other people in the industry and, um, talking things through, uh, you know, there might be something that I come across someday that I've never seen before, you know, and, um, it, it's always nice knowing that you have people in your, in your corner that you can bounce things off of, send them a picture or a video and say, Hey man, you know, what's this, what's going on here? Can you help me out? Um, you know, and I love doing that for other people as well. Um, you know, I, I have absolutely zero issues with, helping other inspectors or other people that are involved in the mold industry in any capacity, um, you know, get through something that they need help getting through. And, uh, you know, I believe in that. And, you know, the, the more you help others, the more you educate others and the more awareness we bring, you know, with that, you know, the money will come, you know, there's plenty yeah. of work out there for all of us. I don't have competition. I have colleagues, um, that just happen to own different businesses and, uh, you know, the money will come if you are just in it for the right reasons and doing the right things. You know, it's not just about the, you know, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. That, and that's such a winning, that's a winning philosophy all the way through. And another thing that I love about you is that you were driven to start your business, to go out on your own, to do this sort of thing by a desire to help people and to improve things. You know, you hear a lot about people that they're working for maybe a large uh, restoration company or they're working for a large home service company, <clears throat> excuse me. And then they, they're like, I, you know, I don't like my boss or I'm kind of sick of this. You know, I can probably go out and do this. And they're just, they're driven more of like a, you know, being pushed away by something they dislike versus a draw and being pulled towards something they want to, you know, improve upon or a desire to grow others to help. You know, so that's one of the amazing things about you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, I got to clear myself up. But uh, but that's another reason why you're such a great resource too. You're full of knowledge, full of expertise, and you're everything. You're being pulled by all the right reasons. You're not being pushed. And um, so and I wanted to to jump on one little last thing before we go. A fun kind of fun thing, which is what we usually do. But you know how we 
recently we were talking about what do you prefer driving or flying and and of course you came to training which we had recently in ohio and drove which is you know what 600 almost 700 miles one way but uh, yeah it's uh 679 miles just my hotel room and then that's the, right okay I know. <laughs> and i think I, I was also still maybe another 10 or 15 miles north of the training facility yeah so had to make that drive a couple of times a day um you know for that but uh but yeah just from my house to my hotel room was 679 miles and uh and i drove that <laughs> yeah well and that's kind of why that topic's fun is because you get a lot of people say one way or the other for a lot of different reasons but you and i just you know just like i said just to have fun i think for me personally i decided that if i've, if I've got a trip this anything less than about eight or 10, eight to 10 hours or so I'm going to drive because the airports have just been running into <laughs> issue after issue flight delays, but it also gives me a chance to kind of, you know, unwind, listen to some audiobooks, listen to some podcasts, that kind of thing. So is that your reason behind it too? Or do you, um, what's your big yeah. point here? Yeah. My, uh, I mean, a big reason behind it too was, yeah, like you said, with the airport, sometimes, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, sure. I can fly there in two hours, but it's still going to be a 12 hour ordeal between <laughs> connecting flights and boarding time. And, uh, maybe a flight got delayed and, uh, then to top it all off, then you have to go and rent a car too. And, you know, um, but, uh, for me too, uh, a big thing is, um, you know, I liked seeing the scenery, you know, in, in areas I've never driven through before. Yeah, that was my first time in Ohio. Uh, that was my first time in Western Pennsylvania, you know, in in Central Pennsylvania. You know, I'd only ever, you know, driven, you know, I-95, <laughs> you know, down the coast, really, you know, in Pennsylvania. So it was good to see some of that scenery, but um, but also, you know, like you said, with uh, I mean, I'm not much of an audio book guy, but I love my podcasts. You know, I love mm -hmm. listening to podcasts and continuing to, you know, educate myself and and learn from you know uh, other people you know, who have done it before. And, um, you know, it's just, it's fun getting, you know, that information too. So, you know, when you're in the car for 12 hours, it's easy to listen to a lot of, a lot of content. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Catch up on it. Cause, uh, in this industry, sometimes it's, you know, it's nice to say, yeah, I'm going to dedicate an hour a day to one thing or another, but things happen, you know, you get busy. And so a long drive like that allowed me to catch up on some of the episodes that I didn't get to listen to, uh, with some of my favorite podcasts. So, uh, so that was, that was fun. Um, well, and that's, that's awesome. And we, man, I really appreciate you being on, you know, you're a great guy, a uh, lot of information to share. And of course, we're excited to have you on the team, uh, with Nest Protection Plan. So, um, yeah, I'm excited, man. You know, uh, and now I've I've grown my support system too. You know, that's another thing that I would definitely recommend. Any doesn't matter what kind of business you own or operate, um, you, know, you need a support system behind you. My my wife has been tremendously supportive on this journey, um, primarily because uh, when I started this two years ago, um, it was just a side hustle. I was still working a day job for a mold remediation contractor. Uh, this was just going to be extra money for the household weekends and after hours. Um, actually, it's funny enough that uh, when I started my business, the only person who saw this coming with, with me going out and, you know, working for myself was one of the owners of the company that I worked for, you know, the day after I told him that I had got my licenses and 
that I'm going to be operating side hustle, all that, you know, he, uh, he, he saw it a mile away. <laughs> he was like, dude, you know, yeah, you tell me now it's just a side thing, but you're really motivated and ambitious young man. And, uh, we know that you're going to blow this thing up. And, um, yeah, and he pretty much just acts like, Hey, you know, when you're ready to leave again, could you maybe just give us more than a two week notice, <laughs> you know, so we can <laughs> have some time to replace you and train your replacement. Um, and, uh, you know, I just yesed him to death and I'm like, yeah, whatever, man, you know, this is just a side thing for me. I'm not going into business for myself. Like, you know, I mean, he saw it a mile away and then sure enough, he was right. You know, a year later, you know, um, demand started kind of popping a bit and, uh, that's when I had to make that tough decision. Uh, am I going to leave the security of my job or am I going to commit more to my business? Uh, or, I mean, am I going to leave the security of my job and commit more to my business or am i going to continue you know this you know just as a side hustle and working for someone else and uh you know chatted with my wife and she said you know let's just let's give it a shot let's see what you can do you know and uh, and she's been very supportive through all of this um you know holding down the household for me you know especially what during you know june july and august we're up here in new york uh the mold industry kind of really blows up um that's kind of our busy season for mold work and uh you know i was hardly home <laughs> you know um but uh she never once gave me a hard time about like like hey babe i know you're out working and stuff but can you at least change the garbage like <laughs> you know like something she just she just took care of everything man so that i could focus on this and um you know and that's really key is uh you know having a really good strong support system and you know recognizing them for their support because it's yeah. you know as hard as it is on us trying to keep focused and and you know not just do our work but also scale upwards and you know project out and try to grow our businesses you know it's just as hard on them you know uh to do that you know what they're going to do to contribute to that you know whether it's you know um physically helping you with something or just taking something off your plate like yeah don't worry i'm gonna take care of the garbage today you know i'm gonna take care of picking up the kids today like you know just anything you know to to allow us to keep our focus and so we have to definitely make sure that we uh we recognize them for their efforts and their contributions and in us acquiring our our goals and our dreams yeah absolutely that is awesome and it's so true And, and john man this has been an amazing pleasure uh it's been a lot of fun talking with you and of course we're going to talk a whole lot more uh in the future (laughs) but uh he is john slater he's the founder of celtic mold assessments he's also uh one of our new nest protection plan partners and he's in hudson valley new york john has been a great great interview i appreciate you being on man thanks arthur it's been uh been a pleasure and um yeah looking forward to uh working with with you and the rest of the nest team and um you know, getting this out there to you know everybody in the country. Yeah, we're doing a lot of great things and a lot more things to come, man. So uh, <laughs> appreciate it once again. This has been uh, episode 50 of the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. Hope everybody has an amazing week and we will check y'all next time. Arthur Yon here. Thank you so much for listening to the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. If you are a successful restorer, contractor, or home service provider who would like to be on this program, please visit jointhenestteam.com slash go. If you got something out of this interview, would you also share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. 
If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag HSSP Spotlight. I love seeing your posts, love seeing your guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and your reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, jointhenestteam.com slash go, or follow me on LinkedIn and Facebook. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.